Welcome to Regal's RyeCast, where we share all things LIDAR. I'm Miranda Welke, Marketing Events Coordinator for Regal USA. This series features interviews with industry experts from around the world, innovative LIDAR applications, best practices, workflow advice, and even exciting news about hardware and software. The podcasts are produced by Regal at their North American headquarters, located in Central Florida, and available worldwide through our Regal newsroom on www.regal.com. Please visit our website to subscribe to the newsroom. Simply input your email address and click. It's that easy. The regal.com website is a great place to find detailed information on the many LiDAR scanning hardware, firmware, and software products that Regal provides, or request more information or a call from a Regal specialist. In another episode of Road Trips with Josh and the VMX, we are joined by Kyle Everett, mobile mapping expert for SSI, Surveying Solutions, Inc. Tune in as Kyle gives us an inside look into a fascinating project he performed at Amtrak's New York Penn Station and how Regal's VMX-1HA and VZ-400i played an important role. Turn it up and enjoy. Welcome back for another road trip with Josh and the VMX. Well, folks, today we're taking a nice long road trip north on I-75 to Michigan, which so happens to be only two highway changes, really, from my office here in Winter Garden, Florida. Thankfully, this audio trip up to Michigan on I-75 is much quicker than the 24-hour-plus drive it would take to do normally, and so I'm not nearly as exhausted as I would be. Today, we're visiting with Kyle Everett with SSI, otherwise known as Surveying Solutions, Inc. of Standish, Michigan. They are a longtime Regal VMX user since 2011. Wow, time has really flown by. Just seems like yesterday I was up in Detroit, freezing my butt off, performing the VMX demo. So this makes them one of our very first users in North America. They've worked diligently with DOTs around the country and particularly in Michigan to promote and prove that mobile mapping was here to stay. They have four main offices around Michigan to provide easy access for surveying and mapping services statewide. But with the VMX being a very portable system, in reality, they are available to serve nationwide users or even worldwide ones. So with that, I welcome Kyle to the program. Kyle, how are you today? Uh, good morning, Josh, and thanks for having me on. How's the weather up in Michigan these days? Uh, it's starting to warm up. Lots of rain moving through, which is putting a, a little damper on the LiDAR collections, but we've been busy, as always, traveling from the East Coast to the West Coast collecting data. Well, that's good to know. Glad that you're out there keeping busy uh, during these interesting times that we've had of late. Tell us a little bit more about SSI. How long have you worked there and what makes uh, SSI a fun place to work? Oh, yes. So I've been with Surveying Solutions for just over 13 years working out of the Standish office here in Michigan. I started my career as a crew chief on the Michigan DOT projects. And then shortly around 2011, SSI acquired the first VMX 250 to utilize projects here in Michigan and out-of-state projects. This is when I made the jump over to the LiDAR team and got to work with Andy Semenchuk and Jeff Bartlett. 
for some odd reason, I enjoyed the fast pace of switching from different projects daily and the challenges of keeping up with the current technology changes. So I strive to produce that efficient, safe in collection and overall useful and maybe a recyclable project to the client for different aspects. This is where the Regal sensors have exceeded all expectations. I may be traveling to the east coast to acquire acquisition on a rail or highway corridors, or the following day I'm back in Michigan collecting projects on roads or bridges. I enjoy the ability to help others out processing or acquisitions, and I work closely with project managers to ensure that all acquired information is vital needed for the project. Every day is a learning curve, as we find out, and you never know what situations will present them. And this is where revolving and planning missions or control layouts or collection procedures or processing the collections. What's awesome here at SSI is I currently have access to operating the VMX250, the VMX1HA, and the VZ400i. And I've also had the pleasure of working with multiple USA platforms and testing the VMX450 and 2HA on projects in the past. And I look forward to expanding more Regal sensors here in the near future as SSI will be embarking on its 20th anniversary this fall in August of 2021. Oh, wow. All right, so we're going to have a RICAST first, an announcement of a, a purchase order coming for a 2HA on there? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <ooh>. I'm ready. <laughs> You're ready. <laughs> I'll let Jeff know it's in the it's in there so he can he can decide. <laughs> yep. What has been the most challenging job you've used the VMX on? Oh, I'd have to say the most challenging project would have to be Amtrak's New York Penn Station a mobile surveying project as one of the first extended mobile lidar projects completed underground. This mobile LiDAR technology has requested to provide a seamless 3D survey data set across the station's rail infrastructure systems and to locate all visible features throughout the underground facility where GPS data isn't available and to do so without disrupting passenger train service. So Antrac's New York Penn Station is a main inner-city railroad station located in midtown Manhattan. The station is located entirely underground beneath Madison Square Gardens with its 21 tracks, 11 platforms, and 7 connecting tunnels. The project spans from the station side portals of the Hudson River Tunnels through the station to the portals of the four East River Tunnels. Absolute data accuracies of plus or minus 400 of an inch is where Amtrak's requirement for track infrastructure and station platform improvement projects. So the busiest transportation facility in the United States required a unique solution utilizing the most advanced surveying technologies and applications to produce surveying and a mobile mapping data for current and future needs of the facility. The top priority was a twofold. First, the safety of our workers, and second, no disruptions or delays to passenger train service in or out of New York Penn Station. Oh, wow. That's quite a project. I think I heard a statistic one time that the uh, amount of people that pass through Penn Station on a given day is comparable to the entire state population of Wyoming, for example, like 700,000 people or something crazy like that. So that's really busy. And you're able to collect all this data without interrupting the, the flow of travelers. And we should note this was done before the pandemic. So it wasn't like you had the uh, easy button and there were no trains coming anyways. That's correct. This was a project back in the 
past of 2018, and we did it in a one-day collection, 16 hours, and we utilized Martin Luther King Day oh. with low transportation. That's a good uh, good timing on that. But yeah, that's still during almost regular operations because there was still some train traffic, just not the main commuters. Exactly. So what kind of uh, new methods or maybe old methods did you apply on this job? Yeah, so this job presented multiple challenges. Mm -hmm. And to address the challenge of working in a non-GNS environment, extensive testing was done to validate the mobile mapping LiDAR acquisition procedures and theories. Data acquisition runs are simulated by acquiring GNSS data only at the beginning and end of each test run. Numerous test runs were conducted to establish the maximum time the mobile mapping system could operate without GNS data, or as we refer to as a tinfoil test here at our facility. Each set of data acquired during the test runs were proceeded to validate the information and ensure the results were repeatable. The results of the testing established that the mobile LiDAR system could operate for a little over an hour with short static sessions at the beginning and end of each data acquisition run. So once a time frame for the data acquisition without GNS signal was developed, a plan was put in place for the mobile LiDAR high rail vehicle to resurface every hour through track charts and other information provided by Amtrak. Every mainline crossover yard and siding track length was developed. Once the total number of track miles in the individual track lengths were developed, the tracks were divided into groups based on time. A truck pad just a few blocks north of New York Penn Station's Amtrak's Empire Line provided the launch site for the high rail vehicle, and more importantly, it was above ground, providing a view to the GNS constellation. By having the timeline for working without GNSS signal, an access point, and track lengths, and a timetable developed for track movements, the mobile LiDAR data acquisition phase of the project, the time allotted for seven and a half minutes to travel through Empire Tunnel to New York Penn Station, 45 minutes of scanning of track, then regrouping, followed by a seven and a half minutes of back to the Empire Tunnel to resurface and collect the GNSS data. Wow. As insurance, terrestrial scanning operations were conducted through New York Penn Station, both on station platforms and at the track levels to define the surface planes used to calibrate and validate the mobile LiDAR data. Whoa, 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 back up there. That's a really big statement. That is. So you just said that you not only use two different acquisition methods, one of them being all underground without JNS, which is a huge uh, challenge to overcome, of course, with any type of mobile mapping. Although I would say that our systems do a very good job at uh, making it easier to do than not. Uh, but then you took static data from a tripod system and merged it. So that's a project merge and a uh, GNSS denied project challenge all in one. That's correct, Josh. We utilize survey control down to the main platforms from above ground yeah. on Madison Square Gardens. Then we terrestrial scan using our VZI 400i mm -hmm. tied to control to make sure that there was no drift in our IMU as we merged the mobile data to the VZI 400i. Wow. That's like a complete 3D model of everything. That's really impressive. The project started in mid-January 2018. Mm -hmm. 
And the first data set comprised of all the track infrastructure. And we extracted three-foot intervals along the station platforms. And we delivered all this to Amtrak by mid-May of 2018. So the turnaround delivery was very fast. Since the first delivery, the 3D data set has been used for BIM modeling information along the platforms, mm-hmm. construction planning, and sequence, and is currently be used, currently being used to build track replacement components such as switches, frogs, and crossovers. That's an interesting point. So can you go into a little bit of detail on how they're using the data to create replacement parts? Because I think that's a really big win for mobile scanning, if I'm not mistaken. That is a huge. And what is happening through our clients are they are able to go in and model the tie lengths and the sections of frogs and crossovers so they can completely build the sections and have them pretty much fit the puzzle piece into this infrastructure below. So it can be built off-site. Yeah, so it's like that, uh, like when you were a kid building a train track, you know, you had the, the you tried to make it all line up perfectly, but you kind of had to bend a little bit maybe here and there to get the track pieces to fit in just right. And that's sort of what's happening over the years underground is all these tracks were laid, you know, a decade plus ago probably and replaced a couple times. And they've, you know, the tunnels originally were built, uh, you know, 50, 60 years ago, most likely, if not longer being New York was one of the very early cities to have uh, subway systems. I know I think Boston wins in the on the East Coast side. However, so you're trying to match those back up to a CAD drawing from the original time they made that piece of track really <laughs> doesn't work, right? Uh, no, it, yeah, that's exactly right. It just, uh, it's easier to have the what's there as of now to build because um, we all know the as-builts are very tough from... Mm-hmm. Many years ago. Right. Yeah, so I, I think the story I heard, and maybe you can correct me if I'm wrong here, but the, the last time they tried to replace these switches, frogs, and uh, other other pieces of track, it took like, it was a nightmare scenario for Amtrak, and they had to be shut down way longer than expected and caused a lot of delays. But with this new methodology of using the scan data to build a mold for this one for those pieces, one at a time, they were able to do it at, a very routine night maintenance. Is that correct? That is correct. Yep. So now they're able to take this overall large data set without hindering any transportation movements. So no trains are getting shut down and they can build these and use the data sets off site. Wow. That's huge. So to collect that information, do you have to do anything special with the VMX, like turn it on to like super scan mode or something that I don't know about? <laughs> nope, actually everything was set to I call factory settings mm-hmm. and there was nothing special except for our overall trajectories, you know. Mm-hmm. We had it down to as I talked previously about our tinfoil test. We knew if we processed our trajectories within a one hour increment by doing many static sessions, five to ten minutes per every hour. So we would travel down, scan for 45 minutes and resurface and do a mini static session and eventually travel back into Penn Station that we could break up. And what we did is we did multiple trajectories across each area. So we broke it up into sections and then put the data all together instead of trying to grab it all at once. So we ended up, since this was done on Martin Luther King, the holiday system, we prepared for 16 hours. We launched the vehicle off the Empire Tunnel at roughly 7 a.m. in the morning 
And we finished throughout the day, the evening, and a round trip to the multi-empire tunnel and back. And every all skating operations were completed at 11 p.m. on schedule. Well, it's got to be good when everything goes according to plan. Well, while we're on the topic of railway scanning, and obviously you completed a project very successfully, with all your great experience and expertise there, uh, could you share with our listeners maybe five of your most important things to remember or best practices for railway scanning? Sure, Josh. I would say my five most important things that I plan for when I'm heading into a project. Uh, the first is a good mission planning. That involves a good SSWP so we can work with the dispatcher. They know where we're going to be, what our intentions are going to exceed to, and that way everybody's on the same page. Second would be redundant data. It's nice to have two passes on a rail, a foreign reverse. That way we can help processing and getting the best solution with our trajectory. So on a high rail vehicle, how do you do a reverse? Just drive backwards? That's correct. So as we're traveling reverse, we're still collecting data. So if we go forward heading north on the rail, we collect data. And then when we turn and go reverse, we collect data. Nice. Okay. Third would probably have to be sufficient control for the accuracies pertaining to the project. So if we need to have a high accuracy project, we need to have a high accuracy control or vice versa. Right. How do you usually set your control? I mean, what surveying methodologies do you uh, use? So survey methodologies, we usually typically set all of our horizontal points from primary network with on the project okay. for our horizontal control. And then we digitally level all points that we're going to tie the scan to. Okay, so that's a fairly time-consuming uh, thing to do, I'd assume. It can be, depending on the length of the project and the overall corridor of the project. And are you using like total stations, uh, RTK sessions, uh, or a mix? We're using a mix, and but most of the projects we can get a good enough solution nowadays with an RTK network and then run a digital level loop to for our vertical accuracies. Yeah. And obviously in the tunnels, you're using total stations to shoot the points in, correct? That's correct. Um, underground, though, we are running a total station. Okay. Cool. Fourth would have to be proper base stations and distance for post-processing of the trajectory because mm. everything hinders off of that trajectory. So we don't want a base station that's 20, 30 miles away. It's nice to have a station that's five miles or less on the project to process our trajectories to. I mean, that's the bread and butter. Yeah, I agree. Would you recommend also that you control those base stations yourself and not rely on a core station or a third party to set the station? Yeah, sometimes I do. Um, even though we do typically run off cores, it's always a good backup plan to have your own base stations on site. And sometimes I will set up just two base stations, though I may not need a second just because if somebody walks by and kicks the legs or if something happens that we can't control, I always have a backup plan because you don't want to have to go back and rescan because somebody disrupted your base station on a project. Yeah, very true. And then uh, the fifth thing I would have to say is using the proper high rail vehicle for the project. Oh. So depending on the complexity of the project, here at SSI, we have our own custom UTVs that 
many people seeing around the world here. Mm-hmm. We have a diesel John Deere Gator and we have a four-seater John Deere Gator that we utilize that we've fabricated our own hydro systems on. Those come in very handy, like our diesel Gator for underground and tight corners. So we're able to go around tight turning radiuses. The John Deere Gators have light bars established on the sides so we can kick off millions of power candlelights. When we're underground, we can light up the tunnel. So when our take a spherical imagery with our ladybug 5P, we can see what's actually going on underground. Oh, nice. If we're on large corridors, we have fabricated to the back of trains. And sometimes a hydro truck is just useful to have. So depending on what the complexity of the project is, would have to depend on what hydro vehicle to use. That's a good point. It's just like when you're scanning roadways, sometimes a, a truck isn't always the best answer when you're outside and above ground. Very true. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, those are those are some great best tips for mobile mapping in general, especially for uh, rail planning. Uh, if I go back and ask you a little bit more about uh, mission planning, what, what are some key uh, processes that you go through when you plan out your collect? I would say some of the key mission planning steps that I go through is First, I get an overall general view of what the project consists of. And then from there, I start figuring out where we may have outages or poor GNSS. And that's where I establish a little bit more control than normal. And I tighten up the control. And I also take in consideration the passes that we're going to have on our control layouts. And when I put that all together, I can pretty much narrow down where we're going to need control and where we won't need control before we start scanning. Oh, nice. What kind of control targets are you using these days? Right now, we're currently still using the Chevron tip um, for most of our processing. We have been, though, some projects. We do not have time to gain access to the rail before we collect the data. Mm -hmm. And we still use photo targets that are, you know, corners of unique objects that we can establish throughout the corridor also. Yeah. And of course, just takes more time on the post-processing end to see how good your eyeballs are at picking those points, I assume. That's correct. Do you get to do that fun challenge as well as driving the car? I do. So um, initially here at SSI, we have about a half a dozen people that are trained in collecting the mobile LiDAR. Mm -hmm. But on the post-processing side, there's two of us. And Brandon Trombley and myself pretty much oversee all the post-processing here at Stanish, Michigan. Oh, nice. So you have two uh, doctors of scan data, I suppose. If that's what... (laughs) I've never heard it referred to that, but yes. (laughs) So out of interest, I don't know if you've tracked this, but what would you estimate would be the number of miles you've scanned with the VMX scanners? That brings up a great point. And this question just snowballed a few weeks ago because someone else was asking me how many miles and how many hours have you been behind the VMX? And I currently do not know, but we're trying to figure that out right now. Oh, I can't even take a wild guess because sometimes our sensors are on the road three to four days a week and we may be processing a half a dozen projects a week. So it's very hard to come up with that ballpark number right now. I would imagine, because uh, you spend a lot of time doing things sometimes. And there's going to be unaccounted for hours, like getting stuck waiting for clearance to scan a track or having to wait for a train to go through is, you know, probably time that's going to be hard to record unless you have, you know, especially if you ended up not scanning that day, right? That's correct. 
And I'm currently working on a project right now that will be presenting itself here in the new future, but I just got done collecting roughly 1,600 miles of rail in about seven days. So wow. I've, there's a lot of rail underneath my belt right now. Yeah, so you'll have to do two uh, statistics, one for uh, highways and roadways and one for uh, railways. Yeah, and I'm, I'm actually anxious to see what those numbers are because, like I said, Josh, right now, I have no idea. <laughs> I couldn't even estimate myself how many hours I've spent driving and doing VMX data acquisitions and demos. Well, Kyle, it was uh, great talking with you. Great information about the rail project. And that Penn Station project is truly a, uh, an incredible work, I would almost say, of art in terms of scanner performance, challenges, merging data. That project really had it all. And I know there's a great article about it in LiDAR News that was written a few years back. Uh, do you have any uh, other videos showing off that project out there on the web for folks to find? Um, I believe there's some YouTube videos. And like, of course, you said, LiDAR News did a great article on us. So I, if you go, if you searched LiDAR News Serving Solutions Incorporated, uh, Penn Station, mm-hmm. you're definitely going to find the article. That's right. And of course, you can also find that article listed in our newsroom uh, on Regal. So with that, Kyle, thank you very much for this uh, chat this morning. Uh, it was very informative as always and a delight to speak with you. Well, thank you, Josh. And as always, it's a great pleasure speaking with you. Well, thank you once again for joining us on an episode of Road Trips with Josh and the VMX. While I may not have as many miles under my belt as Kyle, I have a few. So as we head back to Florida and say goodbye to our great friends, Survey Solutions, Inc. of Michigan, I remind everybody to take care of one another. And until next time, keep on scanning. This is Josh France with RyeCast. Thank you to Josh and Kyle for being with us today and for sharing some details surrounding the New York Penn Station project. And congratulations to SSI on 20 years of success. We look forward to seeing what you will accomplish in the next 20 years. Happy anniversary, SSI. And don't forget, you can subscribe to our RyeCast anywhere you listen to podcasts and the Regal Ultimate LiDAR webinar series through our international newsroom on www.regal.com. You, the Regal users, give us the best stories to tell. We always appreciate your suggestions, so please send us your ideas or comments to communications at regalusa.com. And as always, have an ultimate LiDAR day. Until next time, Miranda signing off. (laughs) 